Hey, this is Dave Fryer. Welcome to The Reluctant Agilist on projectmanagement.com. I've got an interview today with a very good friend of mine who has a very important new job. So Howard Sublet is here from the Scrum Alliance. Howard, thank you for taking time out of it. It's still morning for you because you're in Denver, right? It is still morning for me, Dave. Thanks for having me. All right. So Howard and I have worked, I'm glad you're here. Howard and I have worked together for years, but now he has a brand new job and he's working for the Scrum Alliance in a brand new role. So I will let you announce the job and try to explain what it is, because it is a brand new thing, and some people don't totally get how it's going to work. Yeah, thanks, Dave. It's it's a little bit of a homecoming for me coming from, uh, you know, I was here about 11 years ago or so, 11, 12 years ago, um, back when the Scrum Alliance was very small and we were building something new uh, as an operations director with Jim Cundiff as the managing director. and. Uh, this opportunity came along to, you know, they were looking for, the board of directors was looking for a CEO for quite some time, 18 months or so. And at one point in time, I threw my hat in the ring a little bit. You started this as a reluctant agilist, so maybe a little bit reluctantly in the beginning. But um, we got down to the end of it, and um, I was the choice for that role. But because it was me and because of the relationship I had with the board members and the relationship with the agile space, it was, I, I loved our, our board chair and the rest of the board members asking the question, is this a chance for us to reimagine what leadership looks like in an organization? Do we really need a traditional CEO role or can we think about somebody leading as a product owner? If we think about our organization as a product, is there, is there a way to think about your role in a product owner role, or they call it a chief product owner role, but um, and not as a traditional CEO? So uh, as you know, in most scrum teams, and we are far bigger than a scrum team, there are 43 um, very smiley faces here in the Denver office. Uh, but the product owner in general is, is responsible for the, for the what and the why, uh, helping to prioritize the the vision, the direction of the organization to make sure that the things that we're doing are aligned with, with why we're here. Uh, so that's the role that I've taken on and I've only been what about five weeks, six weeks now. Okay. Um, so, and you've been on I've a plane most of that time. You've been traveling around like crazy. Yeah. We're, we're completely done now. So the, you know, there's nothing. <laughs> that's to it? Do. I'm basically going to take retirement now. Okay. <laughs> you got all your miles in the two year sprint's been planned. We're all good. Yeah, we, we've already yeah, we've got the seven-year sprint planned, and <laughs> now I don't have to ever prioritize again because nothing will change. It is all done, yeah. All right, so I want to put a little context behind this. So the reason that myself and so many other people are so excited that Howard's in this gig is because of the fact that he used to be part of the Scrum Alliance, and ever since then he has maintained a really incredible relationship with with the community. So... For for somebody like me who's a CST, I'm really excited that Howard is is in this role because he's somebody that I trust. And he's somebody that, not that we don't trust the other people in the Scrum Alliance, but a lot of the folks who are at the CST level or the coaching level are involved in putting on these events. They have a different kind of relationship with Howard. And he's somebody who is like a trusted advisor, somebody that we all go to for you know, just sharing ideas, kicking things around, trying to see them from a different perspective. And to know that somebody that can can be a product owner for all of us, can be involved with the Scrum Alliance at that level, somebody from, I mean, I would say from our ranks, it is an incredible feeling of just, it's like ah, the safety feeling. So I'm really excited that you have this job. 
And well, thank you I'm, for taking it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be here. Um, you know, and you, you know, you said you and I worked together in the past. We both worked at different consultancies in the past. And right. I think that that also gives me a unique lens into this space because it's it's not just a lens from the trainers and coaches, which are um, a community that I I, I care deeply about, um, but also you know in b- helping to build consultancies, helping to hire most everybody that we had from at, at prior companies that you and I worked at. And, but also, you know, I, I ran our training business. So I was, I talked to customers on a regular basis about their needs and why they actually were asking for training. Um, I, I handled many of our initial calls for people that were calling for, uh, coaching and, and organizational transformations. And I, I, in the history, I got to play the role of a coach for three months over in Eastern Europe, um, basically as a junior coach for uh, some other very senior coaches in the space. And then later on, I basically owned an account or two um, as a consultant, had multiple coaches up underneath me, helping to inspect and adapt to meet a customer's needs. So um, I, I'm I, I'm not Scrum Alliance uh, specific in the world because I have really deep relationships with many other trade organizations, other certifying bodies, uh, other other kind of domains that help make the world a better place. Um, I'm I've been perceived in the space over the years as as fairly agnostic, um, but been very um, very firm in that um, if it makes the world a better place, if we're really changing, uh, bringing humanity into that workplace and helping transform that world of work. I'm all in for what that is. It doesn't have to be just one specific uh, flavor of something. Um, I, I think we have to take a much more um, open view uh, of the world in order to reach them sometimes. So, yeah. Cool. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you're in the gig and I'm, and I'm excited for what's coming next. So I want to ask you about the product backlog that you have. What's at the top of your list or what can you share about the things that you're focused on kind of the most right now? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, the, the the team here, and one thing that's a little bit uh, different. So as a traditional CEO, you would probably come in and just restructure and reorganize and move things around in a very push way, right? Um, the, the team here has been undergoing their own agile transformation, and they've been working very hard to work in a very scrum rhythm into everything that they're doing. And they're working on things from backlogs that were created before uh, that are are interesting. They're valuable. They may not be the most important thing that I think that it is, but as of right now, the things that they're working on are things that were kind of cast before I arrived. Okay. And since, since none of those things, Dave, are illegal, immoral, or fattening, um, we're, we're going ahead and kind of moving with that at the moment while – I'm working with the board of directors. I'm working with the leadership team, with uh, stakeholders inside of our organization, the staff, uh, trainers and coaches, and people outside of our space to try to likely reimagine us as an organization, right? We're, we're, I think we're poised for an opportunistic kind of a shift. Uh, and I've got some things in my head I don't know that I'm really ready to make public yet. Uh, because I obviously I could be wrong. A very wise coach told me the other day that absolutely zero people can accurately forecast the future. 
And so I, I've got some things in my head that I believe are right moves for us. Um, I, but I need to validate some of those. Sure. You know, we, I, I'm convinced that where the agile industry is today, uh, that spark from the agile manifesto in Salt Lake, um, we would not be where we are today as an industry, as the agile industry without the fuel of the scrum Alliance. Um, we've, we've moved this into a way that into a place that is, um, far more mainstream, that is far more accepted within the world of business and the world of work. And I believe it's our responsibility as kind of the largest player in this space to now um, figure out what's the next move we need to help the, help to move that forward so that Agile continues, yeah. not yeah. for our own self-edification or for revenue streams, but how can we make the next large impact for this movement of, of agile in the world? And those are the, those are the things I'm chewing on right now. Okay. And, and that's a really, it's changed a lot in, in that respect too, because when the Scrum Alliance first formed, it was, how do we get people to pay attention to this? How do we fight against the waterfall? Right. But now, um, I mean, you're, that, that, I don't know if that's a battle so much anymore. Is it like it's an ongoing campaign? But now there is competition within the Agile space as well. There's other different certifications and things like that. Um, Scrum Alliance is still by far the largest. But I know there's been a lot of work done over the past year to kind of increase the the perception of the value of the certifications. And there's things that are ongoing there to try to change that to make them, give them a little more teeth. Right. Yeah, I know that they've, they've just done a, an entire refactor of our of our CSM exams, uh, and the CSPO is about to be launched as well. Um, a lot more, and there's, there's a word that our education department and, and, and Shannon here is just a, a, a brilliant person in it. She used the word rigor, which the first time she used the word rigor, I, I panicked a little bit because, because I didn't understand it. Right. It was yeah. my own ignorance in that word. Um, it's not about making something harder. It's just, it's more the solid. process in which, it's a process in which things are created that that follow the right the right methods to get there yeah. instead yeah. of just making something up. And so I appreciate the the care that they've done that, but they're also working very hard at, at increasing some of the value proposition for our CSPs and for others in our industry. And we've been dabbling a little bit in some of the other side industries as well outside of the Scrum world. I mean, you can look at what. Um, what our coaching certifications are. And, and if, if you go sit in any of our events and we have a coaching, um, a coaching clinic there, rarely is anybody talking about scrum. Yeah. Um, our coaching certifications really are far beyond everything in the world of scrum. Scrum is a foundation for most people in their, in their quest to be agile. Scrum is foundational in every scaling framework out there on the planet right now in the agile scaling framework world. Uh, but our coaching world is actually far beyond those, those basic scaffolding of scrum Yeah, the organizational design. So it, it is, it is quite different. So do you think that, I mean, just kind of flowing from that idea, do you think that the model that the scrum Alliance is moving to, it c can serve other organizations? I mean, there's all these companies that are trying to, you know, now it's, it's not just about your team has to be agile. It's your whole organization top to bottom has to be agile. Um, or how can we get to a point where we have that? Can this model that you guys are employing serve other companies where they would move to a chief product owner? 
Actually, I had a call with a guy in Germany um, that said that he was so inspired by our experiment in this that he's removed his CEO title and he's now going to take on a chief product owner title wow. and look for somebody in their organization to take on that chief scrum master role, if you will, okay. uh, for the organization. So I I'm hoping that the the way we're organizing our work, because we're we're not a software shop, right? We're, yeah. We're not. We don't just have one thing that we do. Not. We don't have a fleet of six teams working on one thing. We're very cross-departmental. We have cross-departmental teams that are initiative teams that are working. Um, we do events. We do lots of different things. And having them, every single thing running in a scrum rhythm with uh, leadership from a product owner. Um, and we already have multiple product owners in our in our company already. So I think that that's why they called it chief product owner, just to help um, set the bar over who cast the big picture vision. Um, and it wasn't because I insisted on the word chief in there. It was just, I think, <laughs> a way to differentiate. Um, but yeah, I, I'm hoping that the work that we're doing, because it will be bumpy, right? Yeah. We're, we're going to learn as we're doing. Uh, um, we, we've been we've spent nearly every board member board meeting in all transparency trying to figure out some of the the back end systems that are required for organizational compliance with like state and federal laws because they don't understand chief product owner. Um, somebody has to sign a document. Is that me? Yeah. Is that a finance person? How, how does that fit? And so we're agreeing to work through all of those things without anybody's egos getting in the way. And I, I love the way we're all as, as those kind of systematic things emerge, we're all looking at them saying, wow, well, as a truly agile organization, what's the best way we should be able to address this and, and respond to this, you know, compulsory thing that the federal government requires us to do. And so we don't have it all figured out, but the adventure is is one hell of a ride, Dave. Well, and this is a much bigger story, I think, a big bigger story for the Scrum Alliance. At least the way hearing you talk about it just now, kind of, I'm thinking of it differently. Um, the Scrum Alliance in the past, historically, has been an organization that did its best to try to support things and grow things. From when you know back when you were there before, it, it kind of grew after that. But it's never been an organization that was perceived as actually eating its own dog food, food in terms of process. Right. And that, that, has, that change has been ongoing over the past couple of years as they move into that model. But now moving to this you know, chief product owner, chief scrum master roles um, and serving as an organization that is not only figuring out, like you just said, all these you know, legal battles of who signs the document, how do you deal with compliance, to how do you change the culture? I mean you're now the tip of the spear for all these other companies. So having gone from somebody who doesn't actually do what they preach to somebody who's so far out of it, you're, you're setting an example and inspiring other companies to try it as well. That is, that's a massive change. Yeah. And I, I definitely don't want to take credit for that. I mean, this, the staff that's here over the last year and a half or so has been undergoing that change already. So that part was in flight. So I think that was, one of the big reasons why that it was that it was time to think about the leadership structure in a very similar pattern as well. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah. Cool. So what, what is the, I know that the scrum, the chief scrum master job is still open. Did the idea of a chief product owner is not something that I, I struggle with too much, but 
when I first heard about Chief Scrum Master, I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. So what does that job Chief. actually entail and how is it going to work? How are they going to work with you? That job entails doing all the things I don't want to do. <laughs> um, <laughs> Impediments. No, obviously not. So I think when we when we were talking about this, and again, it's it's mostly the board that was talking about it, but I was involved in a lot of them. Is that to, to truly be a great product owner, it means that you're you're externally focused, right? That that I'm that 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 product owner is spending ninety percent of their time with the stakeholders, with other businesses, with other potential partners, with in the industry to kind of understand the pulse of what's happening. Yeah, which means that. I'm in the future likely wouldn't be here, but maybe 10% of the time working with the staff. So there's a huge gap there. So the, the scrum master role really is about organizational design and culture, helping to ensure that all of the scrum backlogs that we have actually bubble up into a way that makes sense. Um, they're there for, um, basically it's an organizational coach. It is, about helping ensure if I'm responsible for helping to cast the vision, um, not in isolation, but in collaboration, but if I'm responsible for casting the, the what and the why, it's the scrum master's role to help enable and facilitate the how. Okay. Right? Um, and that, that may mean that the way that we're currently organized as teams, because again, we're on a transformation journey and we realize that the way we're currently organized is good enough for at this point in time, but it may need to change, right? So it's going to take somebody looking at the flow of work and the system internally here to help us go, you know, if we move to this type of team or if we start changing this value stream, thinking about it this way, we could be more effective, more efficient, more collaborative, um, all of those things. So uh, it's a staff-focused role. So this is not a gig for somebody who's like, oh, I've been a scrum master for a bunch of teams. I'm I'm fit for this. This is somebody who is, and maybe not necessarily like a, a C-level either. This is somebody who's got a deep understanding of cultural design within an organization, a, a deep understanding of change and how that works in an organization, as well as understanding scrum and transformation and things like that. Absolutely. And and, and to me, I I would need this person as a as a partner in crime, if you will, yeah. uh, um, somebody to say you're way off base or you're not thinking big enough. Uh, okay. Somebody to help, uh, you know, cause I, you know, me from past times, I can dream really big sometimes. And sometimes I need people to cheer me on to dream bigger. And sometimes I need people to go, there's no way we can achieve that. But what we can achieve is this. Yeah. So, um, and I'm, it's not my gifting to see, I, I can watch what we're doing. I can see, I've, like I said, I've played the role of a coach in, in teams before, and I can see some of the patterns that we're doing and some of the Anna patterns we're doing, but I don't have the skill set myself to help bring all of the backlogs that we have, all of the teams together into some form of a cadence that makes sense so that we are all aligned and on the same page. It's, it's it's too much in the sausage making for me. Yeah, um, and it's not my it's not my gifting. Okay, uh, I'm not, I'm not good at that part of it. Cool. So it'll be it'll be a balance of power. Hopefully, and each of you will kind of kind of make up the spaces where, like you know, you said that that's some of that stuff is not your wheelhouse. Somebody it is their wheelhouse, but they're going to have shortcomings probably on the stuff you're in charge of. 
Right, and I think that was one of the reasons why we came to this too, was that when they started seeking out somebody in this CEO role, they found a lot of people with deep CEO experience that didn't understand anything about agility, or they heard the word agile and they thought that it was something from France. Yes. Um, and so they would find people with the skills to manage a staff, but that's not really what they were looking for. Yeah. Um, and they were they would be missing out on the uh, the the high touch visionary kind of a role out of that. So it was really hard. I mean. Dave, they only ran through, I think it was closer to 600 or 650 different applicants. Wow. And I think that they were struggling with this concept of a, of a one-size-fits-all for all of the things that they felt like the organization of the future might hold. Yeah. Uh, so. Well, and this uh, has been a struggle every time the Scrum Alliance has had to hire somebody like, you know, into the leadership role. It has. For it a is. long time. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I'm excited for what comes next. What about, I know we need to talk a little bit about the new board members and some of the changes there. So Pete Barron's is left, correct? Or leaving? Well, he's not really left. Okay. Um, um, so as a compliance measure for us as a board, we have to be a predominant amount of independent versus non-independent. So as a board of directors for our organization, you, we cannot have every board member be a certified scrum trainer because every certified scrum trainer makes their living from the organization, which creates a non-independence uh, state. So a right. few years ago, we worked very hard to create this balance. We have to be a majority of independent people that don't make a living from the board. I mean, make a living from the organization. Okay. And so we were in a nice balance state, right? And then um, I took on this role. So I was an independent board member that instantly became non-independent because I took a staff role. Right. Well, then we became out of compliance because we had too many board members that were non-independent. Pete's term ended at the in December anyway. And so in order to bring us back, since he is a, a uh, he's one of our trainers and coaches, he opted to um, relinquish his term early and stay on as an advisor to us in the board. His term was ending anyway. So he's an advisor for us, but he's a non-voting member so that we could be in compliance with our bylaws. Okay. Um, so he kind of fell on the sword for that. But we've got we've got two more that are joining us um, effective January 1. Now, they're going to be joining us in the retreat in December. Um, uh, one was a, a, a board-elected. Uh, which is Andy Dietz, uh, and uh, then a community elected, which I may get the name wrong, but it's Marjan uh, Peron. Uh, Marjan, if I've, I've never met you, if I mispronounce your name, I apologize, but uh, uh, she's a CSP, I believe, from Canada, um, and I think it's probably the first just CSP that we've had as elected as a community elected board member, which was a very interesting thing for me to see the community choose they typically will choose trainers and coaches because those are the ones that have the highest visibility in the organization. Yeah. So really excited somebody from from the CSP, CSP level, level. Yeah. be a member of the board. Cool. This is great. So there's a lot of exciting things going on. Anything else that, that we should talk about that's kind of a new or a changing thing for the Scrum Alliance? Um, I mean, you just got back from London, which sold out and was huge, right? 
we we not only sold out, we had 865, but I understand we had over 240 on a waiting list. Wow. Which huge. I mean, a few years ago, our max gathering in, in London would have been 200, I think. Yeah. So uh, there's clearly something the staff here is doing right. The industry is doing right when uh, we've got a, a waiting list of, of that large of uh, for it. And it was an interesting gathering because they had, um, I think it was the first time, and if I'm incorrect, I apologize, but the first time that they had an entire team create the schedule. So they had a European uh, gathering team, I think of five of them, uh, that kind of represented most of the European countries. Um, and we found it kind of funny that Paul Goddard was part of the European Union gathering team as somebody that lives in London that in the midst of Brexit may not be part of the European Union. <laughs> so uh, when he started, that wasn't a, when they started this thing, it wasn't clear, but now it's like, maybe we need to rename this. Yeah. Uh, but, but they came up with a very interesting gathering format with dueling keynotes. I mean, we had keynotes that, that were at the same time in different rooms. They had six keynotes. Wow. Going, um, which in the beginning I, I saw on paper and was really curious whether that was going to go over well. And it really worked out very, very well. Oh, that's great. Uh, so that, it helped keep the... Keynotes focused into the domain area that you may be interested in. So basically people that were more into the product space and in the, in the leadership product space went into one area and people that were more into the coaching and scrum master kind of role uh, went the other end. The keynotes were kind of targeted to those different audiences. Okay. Well, that's cool. And and Austin's coming up. No more Minneapolis for I'm, gatherings. You know what? I'm, I'm not going to say that because it was uh, 18 inches of snow was, was a wonderful thing to experience for a summer. So I may want to just schedule it back there. Just you can go there. I want to go to Austin. So that's, that's where this, this one's going to be, right? Austin. I have the feeling Austin will sell out so quickly. Uh, we've already had more submissions for Austin than any other gathering ever. Wow. Uh, I, I fully expect it to sell out. And actually I was just in a meeting just earlier where we we're talking about doing some pretty interesting experiments that we've never done before at an event. So if we can pull those off, those might be fun as well. So, and Austin is a fun town. It's a great venue. I've been there many times. It's right downtown. It's two blocks off of the, of the main, main drag there that, you know, you'll be up to the wee hours of the morning. So cool. So, yeah. This is awesome. All right. Well, I'm excited about your new job. If people want to get in touch with you, um, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, email here is is h sublet s u b l e t t at scrumalliance.org. Okay. Um, or personally, you know me on Twitter is at Howard Sublet. Um, I don't want to give out my cell phone because it rings too often. <laughs> anyway, um, email is probably and, and honestly, that's that's a good point. I don't care what the topic is. I don't care if you think your idea won't fly or anything like that. Reach out anyway. I, I, I want to hear from everybody uh, because I don't have all the answers myself. Uh, the job of a product owner is mostly listening and synergizing the, the best and best ideas from the entire uh, broad spectrum of community and, and trying to point it towards one thing. So I'm still in that pointing phase right now. So if you want to raise your hand because you've got this idea, this is the time to reach out. This is the time. Cool. 
All right, Howard, thank you very much for doing this. And good luck in the new job. Uh, anytime, anytime. And I hope I see you soon and we can catch up and get a drink. You got it. Cool. All right, thanks, man. Uh-huh.